Hello, and thanks for joining us for episode 11 of Married Well, the podcast. Welcome to Married Well, the podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Creed. As a practicing therapist and marriage counselor, I help modern couples rebalance their relationship. In this show, we explore the real issues faced by couples today and share the best strategies for making marriage work. Are you frustrated with your marriage, disappointed with the reality of your relationship, or are you just struggling to make it all work? You're not alone and you're in the right place. This is your source for real advice for real couples who want to stay married well. On today's episode, we're going to talk about I versus we in relationships. We're going to discuss what it means when you say I instead of we to describe your relationship, how a simple word choice can cause a ton of trouble in your marriage, and how you can cultivate a greater sense of we with your partner. Okay, y'all. So a few weeks ago, my husband decided to bring home a dog. Yes, a dog. Let me give you a little backstory. So some really good friends of ours are renovating their house. Essentially, they're gutting the whole thing. And in the process of renovation, they have made this very wise decision to move into an apartment. Now they have two small kids and living out of a tent on their front lawn while their whole house is getting renovated was just simply not an option. So they made this very smart decision to save their sanity and to move into an apartment. But the apartment that they found, because like so many places, we're in a housing crunch, the apartment that they found was in a five-story walk-up, and they were right up on the fifth floor. These friends of ours, they have two little kids. They've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and they also have a 13-year-old dog. And even though this apartment was the best choice for their family, this was not the best choice for their dog. Long story short... The poor thing had to run up and down five flights of stairs multiple times a day to go to the bathroom and it just wasn't working. Our friends, oftentimes the dog would be whining. We need to go out and they'd have to decide, oh my gosh, what do I do? Do I take the dog out? Do I leave my kids? My kids don't want to go out. I don't feel comfortable leaving them in the apartment alone. What do I do? And so this was becoming just a huge struggle. And one day our friends were kind of talking about this struggle to my husband and my husband just up and said, oh, we'll take the dog. This says a lot about my husband. I mean, he's the type of person who would give you the shirt off his back and not think twice. So when he heard our friends just talking about how stressful it was and how hard it was to manage, he didn't even think twice. He just said, okay, no problem. We'll take him. And let me tell you, this dog is the cutest little thing. She's 13 years old, but she weighs all of, I don't know, a pound, two pounds. She's a peekaboo or a cockapoo. I don't, I don't really know what she is, but she is insanely cute. And my kids just absolutely adore her. And she follows me everywhere I go. She's the sweetest little thing. And you might actually hear her on this podcast because she runs to my office anytime that I'm recording a podcast or doing any work and she scratches her little way in. Honestly, I think she's trying to hide from the children and I get it. So she follows me everywhere I go. Ultimately, having a second dog in our house is not really that big of a deal. 
like I said, she's all of two pounds and we already have an 80 pound ball of fur running around our yard. So taking her on has really not added that much stress or difficulty to our lives. So at the end of the day, my husband saying yes, and temporarily bringing home a new dog should not have been a big deal. I mean, after all, we already feed one dog. We walk one dog. We have a huge yard. We're used to having a dog and she's only going to be staying with us for a couple of months, right? Not a big deal. Wrong. (laughs) I was so angry. I was so angry when my husband brought home this dog because at the end of the day, he didn't ask me. It didn't even cross his mind to ask me how I felt, to ask me whether or not I wanted a second dog in the house. He was really kind to our friends, but he forgot to consider me. And if you know anything about me, you can probably guess that this led to a pretty big fight because I was mad. But underneath being mad, I felt hurt because I felt disregarded. And if you've ever been in a relationship where your partner made a decision, a really big decision without you, maybe you can sympathize. Maybe you can understand how it feels to feel like your wants and your needs don't really matter. And in that moment, that is what I felt. Now, I know logically that I matter to my husband, but in that moment, this decision just made me feel really horrible because he didn't consult me. And this is a problem that comes up in so many of the relationships. So many of the couples that I work with, and no, it's not always about a dog, but it is about a decision or sometimes a number of decisions, a number of choices, a number of behaviors that one partner does over and over and over again, that makes the other partner feel really alone, really unsupported, unappreciated, like they don't matter. In my relationship, when I look at this problem. When I look at what happened, my husband bringing home a dog without talking to me, I really see this as a problem of I versus we. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because again, this comes up over and over and over again with so many couples that I know both personally and professionally. When my husband offered to help our friends out, it was a really sweet, genuinely kind offer but he wasn't looking at the situation in terms of we, he followed his instincts. He was thinking about what felt good and what felt right for him in the moment. And he didn't really step back and take stock of how this would affect me, what I would think, how this would affect our family. And this problem of I versus we, I'm going to admit it. This is a problem that comes up over and over and over again for us, especially especially after we had kids, because it took us a really, really long time to cultivate a deeper, a more meaningful sense of we in our relationship. And as you can tell, I can tell there's a dog sitting on my office chair right now. This is still a work in progress for us. And I know this is true for so many of the couples that I know that I work with. Cultivating a sense of we is an ongoing journey. We are not the only couple that struggles with this. And if you're listening and you're kind of wondering, ooh, do my husband and I, do do my wife and I, do we have a sense of we in our relationship? You're not alone. And this is what 
I know to be true. As a therapist, as a relationship coach, as a wife, I know that happy couples have a strong sense of we and unhappy couples have a strong sense of me. Happy couples think about how their choices, their goals, their behaviors affect their partner. And happy couples tend to think of their relationship in terms of we versus I. So this is why it's so important and why I really want to talk about this. Let's start by defining the problem. Let's start by really talking about what I or I-ness is and what we or we-ness is. And yes, we-ness is not a term I made up. I promise (laughs) this is actually a real term. It is used in the literature around couples and relationships. So I find the term a little silly, but it is very helpful and it is a real term. So let's break it down. Let's talk about what I-ness is. I-ness is this overall sense of self as an individual, right? When I have a strong sense of I-ness or a strong sense of me-ness, I tend to think first and foremost about how I feel in any situation, how I experience a situation, my choices, my goals, my wants, my needs, very much centered around me. Now, this isn't a bad thing. Sometimes when I talk about a sense of I-ness or me-ness, folks feel like, ooh, if I have a strong sense of I-ness or me-ness, I'm selfish. That's not true. We all have a sense of I-ness, right? We all have it. And it's just a state where we are more focused on our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own goals than we are in anything else. That's I-ness. Now let's talk about we-ness. Weeness is a different state where we are focused on how our thoughts, our choices, our behaviors affect our relationships. In marriage, a sense of weeness is really a sense of partnership where there's just kind of shared this mutual understanding that, hey, we're in this together. My choices affect you, your choices affect me, and we're going to make the best choices for our relationship and for each other, right? All couples, all individuals at different points in their lives have different levels, different senses of I-ness and we-ness, right? So none of us are exclusively in one corner or the other. This fluctuates throughout our lifespan. It fluctuates based on relationships, Stronger relationships tend to have a deeper sense of we. And this also fluctuates over time in our marriages. There are times in your marriage where you will feel a stronger sense of we, and there are times where you will feel a stronger sense of I. That is absolutely normal. But what matters most is that there's balance. And what we really know is that unhappy couples don't have a sense of balance between the I and the we in their relationship. It is skewed one way or the other. And I really want to talk about this because whether or not you use the word I or we to talk about your relationship, to talk about your experiences, actually says a lot about the strength of your marriage, the strength of your attachment. There is some really cool observational research that has been done around the use of the words I and we. And one thing that researchers have found is that folks who use the word I to talk about their relationship, to talk about their experiences in a relationship, 
are less likely to be securely attached to their partner. Now, just a little backstory, attachment, that's that sense of intimacy. Attachment is a sense of intimacy, a sense of togetherness. So there have been these really cool observational studies that folks who use the word I a lot are less securely attached. They tend to feel more anxious about their relationship or even more avoidant. They don't really want intimacy. When couples use the word I to talk about their choices, to talk about their lives, instead of the word we, we know something is happening with their bond, that their bond is not so strong. And on the flip side, the same research demonstrated that couples and individuals who use the word we to talk about the relationship are more securely attached. They feel a stronger sense of intimacy, a stronger sense of their bond. And so whether or not you use the word I or we to describe your relationship and to describe the experiences you have in your relationship says a lot about your bond. It says a lot about your level of intimacy. There's been this other really cool study that was done again around like the pronouns. Do you use I, do you use we, what words do you use when you talk about your day, your weekends together? Do you use the word we or our or us? And this research showed that couples and individuals who use the words we, us, and our to talk about their relationship, to talk about their experiences in that relationship are less stressed and more positive towards each other. So another way to kind of get a measure on how couples feel about each other and their relationship is their use of the words, we, us, and our couples who use those words that communicate togetherness, feel less stressed, more satisfied in their relationship and overall just happier, right? So let me give you an example. When asked about their weekend, couples who are securely attached, who have a strong bond, who overall feel more positive and more happy about their relationship are more likely to say things like, oh, we had a nice weekend together. We went for a walk by the lake. We had a nice dinner. We watched a movie, right? Couples who are less securely attached are more likely to say things like, I, I had a great weekend. I had a great weekend with my spouse versus we had a great weekend together. And this simple, subtle language choice tells us a lot about a relationship. And so you might be stepping back and asking yourself, Ooh, what do I say? How do I describe my relationship? And something that I think is really important to note in this discussion is that how you describe your relationship whether or not you use the words I or we will change over time and will also vary based on the content or the subject that you're talking about. So for example, some couples may have a very strong sense of we, or the sense that, Hey, we're in this together around raising kids. And when they talk about raising kids, they use that word. We, you know, we believe X, Y, and Z, or we had a really rough weekend with, you know, little Sue, they use the word. We, this exact same couple who has a very strong sense of we around parenting might have more of a me sense around work and how they balance work and life. And so the same couple, when they talk about work could use the word I a lot, like I, you know, really love my job and I make decisions about 
you know, how often I go to work versus how often I work from home. You know, it's all about the me or the I in that equation. So it is very normal if you're thinking about your own relationship and to recognize that there are some areas where you have a strong sense of we and other areas where you have a less strong sense of we or a stronger sense of me or I. This is normal. At the end of the day, what matters is that you have balance. That when you really think about your relationship and your partnership, there is this happy sense of we. And I like to really describe what balance means when it comes to this, this equation. So I find that so many of the couples that I work with either skew too far in one direction or the other, either they think too much in terms of I or me or too much in terms of we. And now you might be wondering right now, wait, I thought thinking in terms of we was good. Now you're telling me it's bad. Well, sometimes if your sense of we is too far in one direction, you might notice that you start to neglect yourself, that you don't feel any sense of individualism or any sense that you can make your own choices. It's always about the we, it's always about your partner. When we-ness skews too far in one direction, it can kind of turn into codependence, right? And so that's not a healthy place to be either. It's not healthy when you're in a marriage to be on one end or the other of the spectrum. The healthiest, happiest place is to be someplace in the middle. Happy couples need a deep sense of we to thrive. This sense of we, when it's in balance, is a fundamental building block of teamwork, right? I know you've heard this before, this saying before, there is no I in team. There has to be a we if you and your spouse are truly going to be partners, if you're going to work as a team, if you're going to compromise, if you're going to solve problems in a really effective way, you have to have this deep sense of we. This sense of we, this healthy sense of we is just really an understanding that my choices affect you and your choices affect me. And because you matter to me, I need to be careful about my choices. Having a strong, healthy sense of we does not mean that you never get to make your own choices, that you never have moments where you feel a little selfish or you want your needs to come first. It just means that you have this deep understanding that your choices matter and that your partner should, and rightfully so, has a say in your choices and what you do. A fundamental part of my coaching program with couples is to help couples level up the sense of we and strengthen their teamwork. So many of the couples that I work with really struggle to find balance. They struggle to feel supported and supportive of each other. A lot of the, I'll be honest, a lot of the women that I work with really have a sense that the mental load, the work of taking care of a family is firmly on their shoulders. And a big part of that is not having a shared sense of we or this real belief in approaching life as a team. And so in my coaching program, teamwork and building the sense of we is really foundational to what we do because I really want to help the couples that I work with just find that balance. And I know this might sound simple, but this stuff really matters. All of the science-based couples therapy work 
um, all of the research really shows that couples who foster and develop a sense of weeness in couples therapy do better over time than couples who do not. So we have science kind of backing us up that, you know, couples who end up living long, happy lives together intentionally foster the sense of we from a couples therapy perspective or a relationship coaching perspective, this sense of we really is a mindset couples who have a strong, healthy mindset of we really see themselves as part of a lifelong adventure, right? They have this deep sense of commitment to their relationship and to their partner, to supporting their partner, to living this wonderful lifelong journey together. So as a couples coach, I like to talk about we in terms of mindset, because at the end of the day, this is a decision that you make. You decide to find balance in your partnership. You decide to cultivate a sense of teamwork. And I think it's really, really important to talk about the difference between I couples and we couples. I'm sure you know at least one couple in your life that's an I couple or a me couple, right? An I couple really operates as if they are two distinct people who happen to be in a relationship together, right? So all of their decisions around the future are centered around I or me, right? You know, it's, you know, when one person makes these solo decisions about how they're going to spend their time, what they're going to spend their money on, how they're going to approach their job, their future, Couples who are I couples really see themselves as two individuals who happen to be together, right? They happen to have fun together. Maybe even they love each other, but they really do see themselves as these kind of two entities operating separately. And I couples can be together for two weeks or 50 years. The time spent together doesn't really matter. What matters most is their mindset, their attitude toward their relationship. I couples are not really partners. In some ways, I couples live parallel lives, right? Each person doing their own thing, chugging along. Sometimes they come together, but mostly they're apart. They're just really, at the end of the day, they're not a team. Now, contrast this with we couples. We couples take a very different stance on their relationship. Fundamentally, They see themselves as part of a bigger whole. So it's not two individuals doing their own thing. We couples really see themselves as something entirely different. At some point, we couples have made a decision, a commitment that they're in this together, truly for better or for worse. We're going to figure it out. They have each other's backs. They're partners in this journey of life. They really are together. And the cool thing about we couples is like I talked about earlier is you can see it in their body language, how they relate to each other. We couples tend to be much more affectionate, much more engaged with each other. And you can really hear it in their language and the way that they talk about each other. We couples use the words we, us, and ours way more often than I couples do. And that's going back to that research. This is just something that is true right? We couples 
use the words we, us and ours to describe their choices, their relationship, and just their lives. It really is this partnered approach to dealing with anything that comes their way, good or bad. In my experience, we couples tend to operate really, really well as a team. They support each other. And they really think of each other's wants and needs when they solve problems and they make choices. And as a couples therapist, as a practicing couples therapist, what I have seen is that over time, we couples grow closer together and I couples or me couples drift further apart because it is really hard to maintain your connection to maintain your intimacy if you're kind of chugging along doing your own thing. You love your kids. You love your job. You even love your spouse. Well, most of the time, but do you love your marriage? If you're struggling to love your marriage, you're not alone. Juggling the kids, your career, and your relationship is hard, even for the experts. And that's why I'm inviting you to join me for my summer workshop series designed to help you build a better, more balanced partnership, reconnect with your spouse, and fall back in love with your marriage. We'll be talking about teamwork, friendship, communication, the things you really need to make a modern marriage work. Join me live in July for this workshop series and take the first steps to leveling up your relationship today. Reserve your spot now at marriedwell.co slash summer series. So one of the things that is really important for couples who want to stop drifting apart and start reconnecting is to really take a moment and think about their, we, the level of we in their relationship. Because at the end of the day, if you don't intentionally foster a sense of we, that sense of I is going to creep in and you're going to find yourself more and more over time doing things on your own for yourself without a lot of regard for how it's going to affect your relationship or your partner. Like I mentioned earlier, if you do not foster a sense of we in your relationship, it will lead to parallel lives. It will lead to you and your partner growing apart and little things that start out as being okay. Small choices that are all about I like whether or not to take a solo vacation or whether or not to spend an extra hour at work, even though your partner's kind of stuck alone with the kids, those little choices that start out as okay, really do build up over time. So strengthening your marriage, having a strong connection, a strong sense of balance and partnership really is all about your sense of we, what your level of we-ness is together. And like I mentioned, when a sense of I takes over your life and your relationship, it can lead to a ton, just a ton of problems. And this is a pain that so many modern couples experience. I mean, think about it. All of us, we want closeness. We want intimacy. We want partnership, but we are so afraid of giving up or losing our independence. We are so afraid of losing our choices to our partner, of 
putting something first. It's kind of this fundamental tension. And, you know, again, as a practicing therapist every day, I work with couples. I've spent over a decade helping couples kind of rebalance and reconnect in their relationships. And this tension between I and we comes up over and over and over again. And I think this can be really challenging for, you know, folks just like me, right? We're in our thirties or in our forties. And most of us did not grow up in households where there really was a strong, equal partnership, this strong sense of we. For so many of us, we saw one of two things. Either we saw our parents being dependent on each other, sometimes financially, sometimes emotionally, but dependent, or we saw our parents being fiercely independent, right? You know, think about it. If you grew up with a single parent, a single mom, she might've been super independent as a way to just deal with the stress of separation and parenting alone. So I think a lot of us have really kind of grown up with one extreme or the other, and not many of us have really seen or experienced a working interdependent functional partnership. So we're all kind of out here building this thing that we've never, ever seen before and trying really hard to make it work. And like I mentioned, this tension between dependence and independence comes up time and time again, and it can make it hard to cultivate a sense of we or healthy interdependence with your spouse in your own marriage, especially if you've been taught that dependence is bad and independence is good. I'm going to get real for a second. So many women of our generation, right? You know, I don't know if you like the term millennial, but let's say 30s, 40s, early 50s, we have been taught that you need to be a strong, independent woman and that you have to put yourself first. This comes in direct conflict when we have to make sacrifices or we have to make choices for our relationships. This is in direct conflict and creates a tension when we're trying to think about a we. And, you know, I know my husband experiences something similar, right? This, this tension between this idea that being strong and independent and self-sufficient is good and having needs or putting someone else first is bad. This tension comes up time and time again, and it really manifests itself in ways that are quite harmful for relationships and for marriages. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm a traditionalist here. I am not. I do not think that you always have to put your marriage and your spouse and your kids first. I firmly believe that there is a time and a space where it is healthy and good to be a little selfish, to put yourself first. I'm not a traditionalist. At the same time, I do think it is incredibly important to strike a balance. And that's why I like to talk about we and we-ness in terms of a balance, right? It is not one extreme or the other. It is not fierce independence where you're totally focused on I and what you want and what you need, but it is not unhealthy dependence where all you can think about is your partner or your family and putting them first consumes your life and your thoughts. Weeness, it's not that extreme. It really is a sense of balance. 
And couples who do not have this sense of we find themselves in conflict a lot. And whether they're fighting or they're just kind of brushing it under the rug, they're in conflict because oftentimes they find themselves fighting over who wins. They're fighting over territory, right? It's, well, who's going to take care of the kids? Who's going to be the one who, you know, sacrifices work in order to be at the school play? It, it turns into this kind of contest of like, I, 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 me, me, me. And there's so much conflict. And even if there's no conflict, for couples who do not have a sense of we, oftentimes asking for what they need can be extremely difficult because if there's not this shared understanding of partnership, if there's not this shared understanding that, hey, honey, we're in this together, it can feel needy <laughs> to ask our partners for what we need. So it makes it really hard to ask for what you need when you don't have the sense of we. And moreover, and this comes up time and time again with the women that I work with, when you have not cultivated a strong sense of we in your relationship, all of the decisions that you have to make about your job, about your kids, about the future, you know, for example, do you take the promotion and spend more time away from home? Or do you stay in your current job and make less money, but show up for the kids? All of these decisions that we have to make feel so incredibly heavy because it feels like we're making these decisions on our own. When we don't have a strong sense of we, a strong sense of partnership, we're taking all the responsibility on ourselves. And that is so overwhelming. That is so hard. If you've ever been in a situation where you feel like, hey, it's all up to you. You're on your own. You're alone here. You have to do this yourself. And not only do you have to make these decisions by yourself, you have to make sure you're doing the best thing for your family and your partner. Ugh. Uh, even talking about that, right? I just, I feel the sense of heaviness. It is overwhelming. It is no wonder that folks who do not have a strong sense of we in their relationship feel more stressed, less happy, and more overwhelmed than couples who do have a sense of we, right? You know, I want to just talk about this one couple that I worked with, and this was, this was years ago. And it really just struck me how and why having a sense of we matters. So, you know, this couple, they, they were in deep conflict. They fought an awful lot and, you know, they were always, you know, struggling over, well, who does what? And, you know, neither one felt like things were fair at home. It never felt like there was balance. They both felt like they had to sacrifice. And the wife in this couple had this amazing opportunity come up in her career, right? It was something that she always wanted, essentially a promotion, a step up, something that she had always wanted, had always dreamed of reaching. It came at her very fast. <laughs> She was not expecting it. And she was forced to make a decision. Do I take this promotion or do I stay in my current position? And she really felt like, you know, there's a lot of parts playing in this decision. If she took the promotion, you know, there'd be more money, but maybe a little less security because it was new. It was a stretch. It didn't feel as safe. She knew she'd have to travel more often if she took this promotion. That was, you know, part and parcel of taking this job. So she'd be away from home. She knew that she'd have to focus more on work in order to be really successful. And that meant spending less time with her kids. And at the end of the day, because she wasn't going to be home 
more of the hands-on childcare, just more of the business of being married, more of the daily management was going to fall to her husband. So really whether or not she took this promotion was a decision for her relationship, for her marriage, for her family, right? This was a decision that should have been made together, but because this couple did not have a sense of we, we were in session and we were kind of talking about this. And at one point the husband turned to her and he said, well, it's your life. It's your decision. You have to do what's best for you. And the look on her face, (laughs) let me tell you, I think, I think he thought he was being really supportive. You know, I think he thought he was just like, Oh, you know, I, I want you to succeed. I want you to you know live your life. But her face just crumbled because in that moment, there was no sense of partnership. She really was on her own. And I kind of looked at the husband and anybody who's ever worked with me knows that I'm pretty straightforward. And, you know, I kind of told him, I was like, Hey, you know, this feels a little bit like a cop-out, right? This feels a little bit like you're putting this all on her. And if it goes poorly, if it doesn't work out, or you guys start fighting about the chores and the kids, it's going to be her fault. This really is a decision you have to make together. At some point, you have to make the decision to be partners and to take the good with the bad, to diffuse the blame so no one is carrying the full weight of the family and the choices that go into building a really beautiful future. And so, you know, I just want you to picture that. Maybe you've had moments like that in your own marriage where you just felt so alone, like the full weight of everything was on your shoulders, or you felt so alone because your partner had taken the full weight on themselves and wasn't really including you in any of the decisions, big or small. So maybe this is something you have felt. It is heavy. It is stressful. It's overwhelming. And it is so disappointing because that's not why we get married. We don't get married to be alone. We get married to be a team. So I just want you to think for a moment about what it feels like when you do feel like a team, when you do have the sense of we in your partnership, kind of just run through your mind. Think about any decisions that you've made that have really felt joint or any choices or compromises that you and your partner made together. Oftentimes, couples who have a strong sense of we, who are just an awesome team, report, they just, they feel less stressed. They feel happier and more satisfied with their choices, less regretful over past decisions even decisions that went sideways, even decisions that went poorly. Let's say again, you know, using this example of taking a new job, even for couples, when they make a decision together for one partner to take a new job and it fails, (laughs) like the job doesn't work out. They feel less regretful about that decision than couples who do not make the decision together than couples who don't have a sense of we. So having a sense of we, it just makes life easier, less overwhelming. And ultimately couples who have a strong sense of, we have a strong sense of teamwork. And when you have really just a genuine sense of teamwork, you will have more balance in your partnership. And this is what so many couples that I talk to just really crave is they want balance wives in particular, 
moms, I should say, you know, folks raising kids, they want more balance in their partnership. And in order to achieve that, you have to have a deep sense of we and a deep sense of being a team. And this is not something that you can just pay lip service to. This has to be felt. It is a shared sense of purpose, shared goals, and couples who have a sense of we solve problems together. They look out for each other and they have each other's backs. And again, this is what all of us want in our relationships. At the end of the day, we, all of us, we want to know someone has our backs. You want to know that your husband, that your wife, that they have your back, that you are in this together, good or bad. And that sense of security is so, so precious. And that's what we try to cultivate, right? And this is what I help couples do. This is one of the fundamental things that I help couples do is I help them level up their sense of teamwork and strengthen their sense of we. If you, you know, follow me on social media or you've listened to this podcast, you probably already know I'm a practicing couples therapist. I work with couples every day. And what I really do or what I love to do is help couples rebalance their relationships and reconnect in their partnerships. So this is what I want to do right now. I want to help you find balance and reconnect. And one of the things that I'm going to encourage you to do right away is stop using the word I and start using the word we. It's that simple. And here's an example. Instead of saying, I had a stressful day with the kids, I want to encourage you to say, we had a stressful day with the kids. Instead of saying, I had a great weekend with my spouse, we had a great weekend together. Right now, I want you to make that switch. Stop using the word I and start using the word we. And this is why it works. This simple, subtle switch works because language is powerful. Changing the way you talk about something and therefore the way you think about that thing will change the way you feel. This is fundamental. This is kind of like the basis of a lot of positive psychology, cognitive psychology. We know this works. The way you talk about things, the way you talk to yourself about things shapes the way you feel and shapes the way you behave. So this subtle change in language kind of forces you to be more intentional about how you look at things and it will change your mindset. And like we've talked about on this podcast before, when you change your mindset, you change your life. So right now, today, stop using the word I and start using the word we. Couples who start to think and talk in terms of we almost immediately notice a change in the strength of their partnership and their confidence in their ability to tackle life as a team. But here's a caveat, because I know there are some listeners out there who will experience this. There are some listeners who will start to use the word we instead of the word I, and it's going to feel wrong, right? It's not going to feel correct. It's not going to feel truthful to use the word we to describe your experience. So for example, in the example I used earlier, there were some listeners who are going to start using the word we, they might say something like we had a stressful day with the kids, but it's going to feel like they're lying or it's not going to feel truthful or it's not going to feel quite right because they did have a different experience than their spouse. They didn't have 
a rough, stressful weekend with the kids. One person had a stressful weekend and the other person had a quite enjoyable, relaxing weekend, right? So for some listeners, you're going to start to notice that when you use the word we, instead of the word I, it doesn't feel right. If this is you, if I am talking to you in this moment, I want you to just to notice that oftentimes if you start using the word we, and it doesn't feel right, or it doesn't feel truthful, it's a good sign that you and your partner need to start communicating more and you need to learn how to get on the same page. Because if you are both out with the kids for the weekend and you have a stressful weekend and they have a wonderful weekend, you're not connecting. (laughs) You're in two separate worlds and, and you're kind of living parallel lives because at the end of the day, and this is something I will say time and time again, if one person in a relationship has a problem, both people in the relationship have a problem because when you have a sense of we, when you're partners, you are in this together. So if you had a stressful day with the kids, your partner had a stressful day with the kids because they care about you. They care about you and your experience and making life worthwhile for you. So again, if you start using the word we, and it doesn't sit right, step back and notice what's actually happening here. Oftentimes it's just this like really good sign, this kind of flashing sign. Ooh, you need to communicate more with your partner. So my top tip for couples is to stop using the word I and start using the word we. And if you are really interested in cultivating a stronger sense of we in your relationship, I want you to start measuring it. This, this, this really is my top tip, right? If you want a stronger sense of we in your relationship, you need to start measuring it. So you're probably thinking like, uh, how do we measure we, well, the reality is it is not a very easy thing to measure these measurements. They're not going to be precise. They're going to be descriptive, but it is so important to start to take stock of where you're at in terms of we in your relationship. So I want to just tell you a really simple way to do it. If you want to start measuring we in your relationship, grab a piece of paper. Grab a piece of paper and a pen and draw a horizontal line from one edge of the paper to the other. And on one end of that line, one edge of the paper, write the word I. And on the other end of that line, on the other edge of that paper, write the word we. And you and your partner look at that piece of paper and put a little dot somewhere on the line indicating the level of I-ness and we-ness in your relationship, right? So some couples who have a really healthy sense of we, they're both going to pick a dot someplace in the middle of that line because they feel like there's a balance. There's a healthy balance between, you know, getting what I need and focusing on myself and looking at our relationship as a team. Couples who have a strong sense of we, a healthy sense of we, they're going to put a dot someplace in the middle. What you might find is that you and your partner put your dots closer to one end or the other right? So that's your measurement. It's that simple. Draw a line, put a dot. And once you know where your dot is, take turns with your partner talking about why. Explain why you feel like your little dot should be at that point in the line and not closer to I or closer to we. And once you've had a chance to explain why your dot is where it's at, take a second to think about what it would take to move your little dot one step closer to the middle, one step closer to a sense of we. 
This is a great way to measure the weakness in your relationship and to check in with your partner to see how they feel. And this is something really cool to think about. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, I-ness and we-ness, it changes, it changes with time. It changes with the subject that we're talking about. So it can be really cool and really interesting to make a little I versus we line around something specific like money or work or parenting. This can start an incredibly, you know, deep, important conversation with your spouse. When, for example, you take this little line, this I versus we, and you talk about parenting and you find out that their little dot is all the way on one end towards the we, and they feel like they never get a chance to put themselves first when it comes to parenting. Or they, you know, never get a chance to make their own choices. And it's all about the choices that you want and that you're making. This little experiment, this taking a measure can just crack open so many important conversations. And you might find in doing this that you also learn something about yourself. So maybe if, for example, you're tired and overwhelmed and burned out and resentful, and you take a measurement of your I versus we, you might find that you are too far on the we side. <laughs> And you have to work hard to get back towards the middle. Because again, this is all about balance. So my top tip for couples who want to cultivate a deeper sense of we is to start measuring it. Add a we-ness check to your regular state of the union conversations and notice how this measurement, how these conversations change over time. And if you are not having a regular state of the union meeting with your spouse to discuss how you're doing in your relationship and how to make it better, this is a great way to start. So again, my top tip, start measuring your sense of we and really discuss what you can do to find a better balance in your lives and in your partnerships. Remember, if you're struggling in your relationship, you're not alone. Juggling the kids, your career, and your relationship is hard even for the experts. That's why I'm inviting you to my first summer workshop series designed to help you take steps today to rebalance your partnership and reconnect with your spouse. Check out the details at marriedwell.co slash summer series. The link is in the show notes. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram for more tips and tricks on how to build a better, more balanced partnership. Thanks for listening to Married Well, the podcast. Have a comment or a topic you'd like me to cover? I'd love to hear from you over on Instagram at married.well. Show notes and resources can be found at marriedwell.co. Special thanks to Emily Harding for producing this episode. Ready to level up your relationship? Start with my free quiz at marriedwell.co slash quiz and get a tailored to you strategy to overcome your biggest relationship roadblocks. Remember, relationships don't have to be this hard. You can be married well. See you next time.